This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com. Jamie Lint, Jeff McGuire, and Chuck Hines will have uh, Cowboys Hour tonight at 6 on Double T 97.3. We'll have the High School Fan Zone tonight at 7. Coaches from Monterey and Lubbock High tonight. From uh, 7 until 8 uh, with uh, Mr. Garrett Luft as uh, the Monterey Plainsman coming off of a 45-10 to 10 win over Caprock. Uh, this will be a toughie for him, although uh, Lubbock Cooper's coming off of a loss, and that will be uh, Friday night, and we'll have that game for you on uh, both 107.7 Yes FM, the Monterey version, and on uh, 100.7 The Score, the Lubbock Cooper version. Uh, Lubbock Cooper... I had a disappointing uh, evening the other night as uh, they fell in their football game and lost 38-35 uh, to 35 at Abilene. So uh, both teams hungry for district wins. Absolutely. Uh, Cooper's still in the hunt probably for a district championship, but maybe needs a little bit of help now. But uh, uh, Monterey's fighting for that, uh, most likely the final playoff spot on yeah. that district. Yeah. Uh, Coronado's in the mix there as well. And so every every win one of those two teams can get is big. So they've got uh, they've got three games left. Uh, Monterey does Lubbock Cooper, and then uh, Coronado, and then at Amarillo. And uh, you know, two of the three of those are really hard. Yeah. You know, and then you know Coronado and and Lubbock and uh, Monterey. Obviously, it's a, a rivalry game, but you know Coronado's not had the the year that they were looking for. Uh, so they've. Um, lost the last two games, but they lost the last two games to future Monterey opponents. Um, Amarillo last week, 66-14, and then to uh, Lubbock Cooper, uh, 35-2. to So it's, uh, you know, it's Caprock, they might say, would be one of the easier teams in the district to beat. Yeah, I think they're pretty down. This so time. so we'll see. We'll see what uh, see what happens uh, yesterday. Or, to, or say it was yesterday. We'll see what happens on Friday. Uh, we saw what happened yesterday. We saw what happened yesterday, yeah. right? We saw what happened yesterday. Uh, both the Rangers won and the, and the Cowboys won. Cowboys uh, win last night. Uh, and it it, ugly. It, it it was a little ugly. Um, well, full disclosure, there was a portion of that game that I was, <laughs> that yeah, was, black, that was blacked out for me. It wasn't a little <laughs> ugly. It was a lot ugly. Yeah. Especially... After it looked like the Cowboys got a good defensive stand, and you're and you're up, uh, you know, seventeen to ten, and you're forcing uh, the Chargers to punt, and then you have a guy get blocked into another guy, and the the ball never touches the returner, and he's called for a fair catch, and then another Cowboy trying to help out touches the ball, and the Chargers recover, and it's just, that was just the craziest punt return. He he signals for the fair catch, but right. he wasn't run into by the opponent. Right, which he is w- why there wasn't the flag. Right, I was trying to figure out why there wasn't a flag when he got like pancaked because mm-hmm. it was by his own guy. Because it's by his own guy. Now the Cowboys hadn't touched the Cowboys hadn't touched it yet. Neither had the Chargers at right. that point, so it wasn't down. But it sure looked like it hit somebody. It sure did. So I can't blame the other guy for going after it, right. thinking that it had been touched. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, up until like I I I'd waited for the the official ruling from the uh the official pool meeting that they do at the end of, uh in the NFL games where they talk about those kind of things to figure out what the heck happened there, 
I didn't know that you could get a player blocked into you yeah. on your team to negate the fair catch. Yeah, it was just it's just so like if the opponent, the the punting team, pushed their their blocker. If the punting Cowboys, team, the pushed, Chargers pushed their the Cowboys blocker into yes, the return man. into the returner man, and yeah. that's where the contact was. And that's where the contact was. And then the ball just kind of lands in between them, and somehow doesn't touch anybody. And then, and then you have um, basically the ball goes after you go after the ball and can't come up with it, and the Chargers get the ball. So Chargers get the ball just right outside the twenty. And then on the very next play, there's pass interference at the one-yard line. And there was pass interference. And there was pass interference. And then so they get they get the ball first and goal at the five. And, uh, you know, a couple Run a plays. play that looked really familiar when Kellen Moore was running plays for the Cowboys. Yeah, right. <laughs> Going to go ahead and say that little tight, like the, the goal line tight end, just a little skirt right across the end, the end zone line. Yeah, that was uh, third, very familiar. Third and goal from the three. And then so they, they tie it up and then. And the Cowboys are able to to drive down and drive stalls, and you get a you get a field goal. I mean, and Brandon Aubrey was dead on from thirty nine yards out. And that was with two nineteen to play, so you got all kinds of time for the Chargers sure. coming back. And it's funny you hear in the Sports Center Brad Sham saying to Babe Laufenberg during the commercial break, "Man, the Cowboys haven't gotten a sack at all on television." Joe Buck the Moments before Micah Parsons gets a huge sack of Justin Herbert, says, "You know, boy, sure has Micah Parsons sure has been quiet tonight." And there's no sacks, one tackle, and then boom, eight yard loss. Yeah, he was quiet, but he, his presence was known. Sure, he was all over every quarterback throw. He just didn't get home until the fi- until the the second to last play. So he's he's sacked for an eight yard loss, and then on third and ten, um, he's intercepted, and that's the ball game. Landry shift, Cowboy. A couple of Landry shifts, and the Cowboys game is over, and uh, and they and they win it. I, you know, it's a nice bounce back for the Cowboys. Uh, doesn't you don't necessarily pronounce them well, or they're the heavy Super Bowl contender, but they won and uh, didn't let one loss lead to two. Right, and they go to four and two, and they go into their bye week, and uh, now you get to kind of heal up just a little bit and kind of fine tune. See where it see where it takes you. Their next action will will come up against the Los Angeles Rams. They'll, this game will be at home though, and that'll be on October the 29th. But you think about back to back trips to California, going at San Francisco and then back to uh, Los Angeles, and then you'll be home against uh, Los Angeles, and then on the road on November 5th at Philadelphia. So it doesn't necessarily get any easier, but. I bet one of the things they look at this off week, everyone's going to look at the the Pollard drop in the end zone. It was a tough pass. It it would have been a tough catch for him to make there. It's hard for him to get banged on for that. But the play before, CeeDee Lamb's in the end zone, wide open. Like, makes a cut, and he is the only one on the screen. And Dak never even looked at him. Dak was under a little uh, duress but not enough not to catch your number one receiver in the end zone. I yeah. bet they look at that play a lot. Uh, Dak was was 21 of 30, 272, had a touchdown. And then uh, rushing-wise, Tony Pollard 15 for 30 yards. And then uh, receiving-wise, Pollard was six six grabs, 80 yards. And then CeeDee Lamb had seven for 117. Uh, Brandon Cooks had the lone 
uh, touchdown for the receiving core last night. They, I mean, they again get stuck in the red zone. Um, they just, uh, they were two of four in the red zone uh, last night. It just, uh, they just struggle there. It seemed like there, there were a ton of penalties in the ball game last night. Cowboys penalized eleven times for eighty-five yards. Chargers nine for seventy-nine. That's the called penalties that weren't declined. Yeah, when you're struggling in the red zone, you usually really want to be a physical running team in the red zone. And if you're not a physical running team for whatever reason, whether that be your backs or your offensive line, that's a lot of times when you struggle in the red zone. And I think we've seen a little bit of that from the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys. I also don't think you've got a quick strike weapon either for Dallas. Mm-hmm. The the guy that can go out there and quickly get you four yards or five yards uh, on a short field type situation. Your plays need a little longer to develop than the the red. Well, that shouldn't be the case in this this offense. It's supposed to get the ball out of Dak's hands quickly. Have him taking what the defense gives you underneath. There's that wood. Yeah, word should five of thirteen on third down. They were one of two on fourth down. I hate the tush push. It's like they tried that again last night and came up short. It's like, hey, how about hand the ball to Tony Pollard and let him sweep it? But because you can't push his tush. I guess so. There's nobody standing behind. Well, him. there's nobody big enough to push Dak forward because that was that was the case last night. They stuffed him up pretty good. But Cowboys get the win, twenty to seventeen. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. This morning here on the Morning Drive, we'll have Game Two of the National League Championship Series. We'll join that game after. The high school fan zone tonight on 100.7 the score. That'll be about uh, 8 o'clock this evening. And then tomorrow we'll have uh, Rangers and the Astros game three from Arlington. All right, so let me ask you this. American League Championship Series settled before Dusky Dark on Friday night? No. No, okay. I think it'll go six then. Yeah, at least. At least. Okay, mm-hmm. well, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rangers up 2-0. All right, uh, some things from uh, Coach McGuire's press conference yesterday. First, status of the quarterback. He said, quote, Baron Morton is really sore and in good spirits. He also said that Baron Morton is a game-time decision for Saturday and that wide receiver Brady Boyd will take second-team quarterback reps this week. They're also trying to figure out who the third one is to take with them to Provo. I have a hard time believing that Baron Morton's going to see anything more than the sideline on Saturday against BYU. What do, you, what do you think about that? <laughs> I, I we'll wait and see. I I'm not a doctor. I I have no clue how serious it is. I mean, what whatever I would say would be just a complete guess. sure. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's certainly like that. But I mean, when when the when the coach says he is really sore. Uh, just makes you kind yeah, of feel. He'd be the first coach ever to try to mislead the opponent. No, 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 no. I don't think. I don't. Yeah. I. I think really sores. Usually, that's something you don't necessarily hear. So, I mean, I. How I, many times have we been uh, misled by a quarterback oh, conversation e- at Texas Tech e- in the last ev- two years? Every head coach. Every every head coach. Uh, this this one's this staff's done it more with the quarterback position. Like, there's a difference between not telling you and mm-hmm. misleading you. Yeah. I just don't think he's going to play. Uh, that's just that's just my take. Oh, I think there's a good chance that he won't. But yeah. I, I bet it's just a complete 
I mean, I have no knowledge. It's just a complete, it would be a complete guess on my part. Yeah, I just, this. When he didn't come back for the second half is yeah. when I didn't think he was going to play on Saturday. Right. It has nothing to do with what was said yesterday in the press conference. Okay, all right. But at the same time, he had injured himself in that game, and they let him keep playing. He didn't get injured on his last play. No, he did not. Okay. He did not. I mean, he could have gotten so they that sideline hit. Could have been when he got popped in the okay. chest. Could have been when he got, you know, tackled. You know, when he was running. Uh, but look, kind of looked like, uh, kind of looked like, you know, that sideline hit. You know, which I mean, should have been called. Should they have called? You know, you know. Roughing the passer. Roughing, I mean, I don't roughing know. Roughing the passer. You know, just illegal unnecessary hit or roughness. Unnecessary whatever. roughness. Yeah, whatever you want. Whatever. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the other, other game time decision players will be C.J. Baskerville, Mason Tharp, and Cole Spencer. Usually on the game time guys, it just seems like that those guys usually don't play, and those are all players that you could really, really use. Tharp and Spencer. Uh, Tharp didn't play last week. He hasn't played really since the. Second half of the mm-hmm. Houston game because he didn't play at all at Baylor. Didn't play at all this past week at home against uh, K State and went out about I think maybe early third quarter or late second um, of the of the Houston game. Bryce Ramirez dealing with a concussion, and then Braylon Lux, uh, and he'll be back this week. Apparently, Bryce Ramirez and then Bryce. Braylon Lux will be back this week. Uh, another guy that's a game time decision and probably out is going to be Jacob Rodriguez. And you know, at this point, you know, with regard to Rodriguez, hey, you're three and four. He hasn't taken a red shirt. Um, start kind of wondering, okay, do you do you let him come back? Or you just sit him for the rest of the year. You know, or do you let him play the four games? He's because he's only played a half. So technically, he'd have three more games he could play. Mm-hmm. You've got five left. If you don't, if he doesn't play this week, you've got four left. So then you kind of wonder, okay, <clears throat> does he play? If 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 you're in contention for a bowl game, you know, playing against Texas may. If you've already clinched, does he does he play against Texas? Probably at that point in time, he does. Um, but if you're if you're not playing for a bowl game, I mean, if other words, if you've been eliminated, you certainly hope not. Not hope for hope for that not to happen, but well, you might put yourself. You mentioned yesterday that they feel like he's not going to be around for all four years. Well, he he, he and he alluded to that a couple of weeks ago, Coach. Okay, Gwardi, so if that's the case, there's no question. Then just go ahead and play him. Just play. Yeah. Just yeah. Play. He's not going to be here for that year anyway. What, that was the thought that he could, you know, if he comes back next year and has a really big year. That he would be a draftable guy. Yeah. So what's the? There is no question. Yeah. Yeah. Play him. Yeah. So the question is, do they? Does he still see himself as a? You know, does he feel like he's going to need the full four, or does that extra developmental year really help him get prepared for an NFL season? Mm-hmm. You know, some might say that that would be the case. Maybe maybe the NFL guys would say something along those lines that hey, that might be. Uh, might be interesting. Anything else stand out to you, Jeff, from yesterday's press conference? I mean, not really. Um, they're going back to what they did on the road trip for Baylor. 
for where as soon as they get there, they're going to walk the field. Since it's a grass field, they're going to take a look at it there. Um, I, I guess it was interesting finding out the the order of the, the quarterbacks for reps this week, only to find out who your third-string quarterback's going to be, but we kind of already have been led that direction already. Is it Aiken? Yeah. It, it, you basically I mean, have two really, receivers are now two and three. It, it's You're coming off a loss, and there were a lot of questions about you know some play-calling aspects, and we'll get to some of that later. But it, it's... It's a lot of the same old, same old when it comes to the press conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, could we have run the ball more? Yeah, but asked about checking into plays, and the the general answer was that they were pleased with the amount of times that they were checked into for the reasons they were checking into them. Um, But to to get swept up into checking into run plays or pass plays was kind of dodged. And... If the amount of times that that's happened, but again, it was it was a Monday press conference after a loss. It was a lot of trying to figure out why. There's a lot of that going on around town, trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the offensive coordinators were meeting yesterday <clears throat> around town. Oh, were they? Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were mm-hmm. <laughs> the defensive ones too. Not as much, you know. The offensive guys are really more more the lunch bunch type. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. All right, let's uh, get to a couple of things, Jamie, from um, <clears throat> Texas Tech and uh, Joey McGuire's press conference yesterday. It's his normal Monday uh, press conference uh, along with uh, Zach Kitley and also uh, defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter. Uh Coach McGuire was asked about the running situation from Saturday night with Taj Brooks. Should they have run the ball more with Taj? Yeah, you know, it, it. it's kind of a mixture because we ran the ball. It was just some was with Cameron, you know, and so we had both of those guys going. But, you know, going back, um, yeah, late whenever we got down 31-21, we were trying to, you know, get back in it. Uh, but I think without a doubt, you go back and you look. And uh, I went back and looked and, and – we, when we met yesterday, I literally read off the nine carries he had in the second half. There was one carry that he had for one yard. I think that one yard, though, was to get the one yard to get a first down. And then everything after that was three yards or more. And so whenever you look at that right there, it's like, you know, we got to keep leaning on our run game. Um, you know, and uh, I, I definitely think that uh, Jake – with the experience of, uh, you know, throwing the ball in a game, if he's uh, forced into action on Saturday or if he's the guy on Saturday, I think he's going to be a lot more um, – I think the pressure will not be as, as heavy on him. Um, but, you know, I, I still think, like you said, I mean, we've got to lean on Taj and Cameron as much as we can uh, just because, one, we're doing a good job at running the football. and. And uh, number two, I think our offensive line is uh, doing a good job run blocking. So translation there would be yes? <clears throat> yeah, I guess so. I guess. Um, didn't really – and maybe he wasn't asked to, but get into why they didn't. But, yeah, do yes, do they need to, do they need to run him more, lean on him more? Yes. Okay doesn't really explain why he didn't why right. they didn't mm-hmm. um 
But this but was it, kind of different than what was said after the ball game on Saturday because what was said on the after the ball game on Saturday was we didn't feel like that we could run the ball because we were getting hit at the line of scrimmage. We weren't making any progress. We weren't. But then, like we did yesterday, we went back and we went through those runs. Those carries. Yeah, and and he's That's right. Just not the case. <clears throat> right, he's right that that it was a fourth and two, uh, I believe that uh, he picks up fourth and one, and he gets three yards. Uh, and that's with 13:45 to go uh, in the ball game, and at that point in time, it was 31 to 21. But um, after it was 21 to 17, I mean, your next drive after K State scores, you only had one play because it was intercepted, and then it's 31 to 21, and then you only have a a handful of plays before it's intercepted again. Um, when they score to make it 31-21, how much time's left in the game? Okay, so let's see here. After the interception, and then they score one play later to make so, it 31-21. Right, I just want to get you the time when they scored. That would be fine. And it's about because uh, the next because we're not looking for about thirteen forty-five to go in the game. Thirteen forty-five. Yeah. 13.45. Yep. Almost the entire fourth Almost quarter. Almost the entire fourth yep. quarter. Are you forced to pass the ball then? Are you in a hurry-up offense then? Nope. Chuck? And, no, not at all. Uh, and actually, actually, Jamie, when it's 31-21, there's 2.06 left to go in the third quarter. At 31-21? At 31-21, it's actually, there's your drive starts. After they score, it's 2.06 to go in the third quarter. And you have a, a pass to Miles Price for eight yards. You have a pass to Price for six. Uh, you have an incomplete deep pass uh, to Dre McRae. You have a short pass that's complete to Brad Bradley for 16 yards. Now it's first and 10 at your 44. And you have a pass to Bradley that's complete for nine. And then you rush Taj Brooks for four yards. So now it's on second and one. So now it's first and 10 at the K-State 43, and that's when uh, Jake Strong is intercepted. You go seven plays, 43 yards in a minute, 48. <clears throat> and then K-State takes over to so, start the fourth quarter. Whether it was two minutes left in the third or whether it was 13.45 left in the fourth, down by 10, you are not in a situation where you have to be throwing the football to no. catch, catch up in that game. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. So, I mean, so you got, you got like you said, you got – like I said, and, how, to, and and that drive that you just mentioned right there, how many passes, how many runs? Okay, so one, two, three, four, five passes there. Um, six six passes and uh, one run, and the seventh pass was the one that was intercepted. Okay, so at eight plays, you rushed the ball seven, one time. Seven plays. I'm sorry, six, six, the sixth pass. Okay. Sixth pass. Okay, seven plays, you rushed the ball one time. That's correct. Yeah. One time, and he's your best player, mm-hmm. the most effective way to run your offense. Mm-hmm. And you've got a quarterback who, before that game, had not taken a college snap before. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, when you you start off the third quarter um, with uh, with a run, and then you have pass, 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 run, incomplete pass. On uh, fourth and two, that the the that's the one that I just I, I just shake my head at 
where you have the ball at your own 45. It's fourth and two. One that you went for it because you've got your freshman quarterback out there for his first first series. And and two, what are you doing throwing the ball deep to Duran Bradley there? You know, why aren't you handing the ball off to Taj Brooks there? Mm, I'm assuming the answer would be because we saw too many men in the box. Because he was tired after running the 13 yards to get you to fourth and two. Yeah. Would be, you know, not an acceptable answer either. Yeah, and so... And so then, I mean, and here's and here's the here's the, here's the deal is that after the after the fourth and two, here, here's here's the the drive that's really damning, you know, for the offense is after the fourth and two, you get K State on a three and out. They're in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. so that's when you have the thirteen forty five, and you go pass deep to Aiken, pass deep to Bradley. A pass complete to for nine yards to to Bradley, so now it's fourth and one. Okay, you give the bottle Taj, he gets you a first down. Then you go complete to Aiken for forty three. <clears throat> then you rush Taj for seven, complete to Aiken for twelve, and then on uh, on second and three, excuse me, on first and ten at the K State eighteen, uh, you're intercepted. But on that one, you go one, two, three, four, five, six passes, and two rushes. So you have eight plays before the on the eighth play of the drive, the sixth pass again, it was intercepted. Mm-hmm. And then K State goes down and scores in ten plays, takes six minutes off the clock. I mean, you could just see that thing going down and down and down and down and down and down. And then now it's thirty-eight to twenty-one with four fifty-eight. Now, now the game's over, and you knew you were going to have limited possessions because of how K State runs the ball. Sure, you knew that going. You knew that going into the game. You knew that you were going to have limited possessions going into the game. So yeah, that's it's. For me, the biggest question was like, <clears throat> man, fourth and two. I realized Taj just ran thirteen yards, but give him the damn ball again. I just feel like um, you have a higher percentage, even with them having extra guys in the box, of getting the fourth and two, giving the ball to Taj, mm-hmm. than you do completing that pass. Yeah. I mean, if you want to tell me Jaron Bradley's going to run a five-yard and then come back to the ball, okay, that'll change. I'll change on my percentage of confidence level there. Okay? You know, or you're going to hit Baylor Cup over the middle because he's a big physical guy that can, you know, muscle a defender, whatever. Yeah. But a a fade down the sideline, man, that seems like very low, low percentage to me. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. All right, you guys, maybe you have to get creative on this one. <laughs> okay. I think that's our best work. Is when you ask us to get creative because I think we color outside the lines. Okay. Run the damn ball. <laughs> You're allowed to answer with one word. Okay. Your feeling as feelings as a Red Raider football fan right now. Panicked. Okay, now explain. Okay, so I, I I I feel like that you're on the verge of of not being in position where you're going to be bowl eligible, and 
based on how you started this season and the off season, going all the way back to spring football and all the things that were said, whether it was by the head coach or supporters or us or me, uh, from the standpoint of nobody even wanted to take an eight win season on the fourth of July, and now now we'd we'd take a six win season uh, just to get us bowl eligible. Um, just kind of feel like it's 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 swirling away from you, and uh, I I hate the fact that you could be in a situation um, on the twenty fourth of November that your football season is done uh, until spring football in March, and that that that's that's an awful long time to go with nothing on the field of, of play to even kind of look forward to. And you kind of look at this, you would look at this season as a, as a massive disappointment and, and frankly, a failure. Jeff? The one word that I think describes it the best is confused. It's which team is the Red Raiders this year? Is it the team that, went into Waco and, and looked like the best they've been all season or the team that lost last week? Is it the team that had four interceptions, or four turnovers against Oregon and still had a chance to win? Like, where where's the line for this team for what they actually are? Like, they show talent. They show things that you do well, and there's times that you mm-hmm. look like you can control the world if you wanted to, and then you forget. So confused is the word I would use. I think it's a good one, Jeff. I think, I think, I think that, is a, that is a good word. Okay. I, I'm going to go discouraged. Lots of times after mm-hmm. a loss, a coach will say, hey, you're allowed to be disappointed, but don't be discouraged. I'm discouraged. Okay. That's a good word, too. Because I think you hit rock bottom a couple weeks ago, and I felt like you were going to learn from that. And I felt like you did, and you changed your offensive philosophy to, you know, hey, let's quit trying to be fancy and cheeky here and do this and do that, and let's just run the ball with and do what we're good at. And uh, you went away from that. And so that makes me think um, y- you didn't learn your lesson. And you're just going to continue to try to stick a square peg in a round hole to do what you want to do offensively instead of doing what it takes to win. I'm not saying you're not trying to win, but I'm feels like you're saying, well, if we're going to win, we're going to win with this offensive style. And we all know that you were at your best the last two weeks when you had a different offensive style. So... I'm discouraged. Man, I, I I hope you're I hope you're wrong on the last statement that we're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. I'm not going to disagree with you because that doesn't that's certainly what it looked like in the second half. You tell me what you saw in the second. Yeah, half. no, I mean I, I that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to disagree with you. I just I hope that's not the case. I hope it's a case of just either I don't know. Nope. Nobody said I wanted it to be that way. No, I, just I know. told you what my feelings are. I know. That way I know. Right now. I know. I know. And I, I don't, I'd love to tell you you're wrong, but I don't think I can. 
because that's what it looks like. That that's what it, that's what it looks like. Uh, I also still think this team can be bowl eligible. I do too. I but but I'm discouraged to think that you're going to figure out. You're gonna are you going to go back to what you were in Baylor and Houston and run heavy, and then and then get bored with it again in two weeks, and when UCF comes to town, then right, we're going to air it out again. Are you going to get bored with it, or are you just going to do what works? Here's what I I don't understand why it matters to them. I mean, if you're winning, winning is cures all the ills. I just wow. I, I I don't again. I don't think they're trying to lose. I don't think they care more about their offense than winning. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said many times before, I think you sometimes overthink it. Yeah. Uh, this here's some words from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We have uh, we have frustrated, we have uh, manipulated, um, we have crushed. Um, you know, uh, we have disappointed. Okay, I don't know if we had. I hadn't seen that one yet, but uh, you know, somebody else. I think that's a fair one. Disappointed, sure. Sure. Um, we have uh, second on uh, manipulated. Uh, this, we are fussing about Brooks, but we spend 23 years being an air raid. We've had about four games to figure out. In a short time, we are now a run raid. Gosh, that is a long history. Look, and I understood that it took a second to make that change, where you realize that your running game was significantly better than your passing game was this year. That, that does take a second to figure that out. But we figured it out, and then we went back. What's, what's to me, the most thing that's the most, conf- to go back to your word, confusing and discouraged, your word, is um, how you can start the third quarter with a freshman quarterback and not put the ball in the hands of your big running back. That, that to me, is the most confusing thing of it all. It's like, why would you not just say, hey, big boy, we need you. We're going to feed you the ball. Hey, offensive line, I don't care how bad you've been getting beat. You've got to suck it up. You've got to hit somebody. We've got to figure out a way to get through these holes. Because Taj Brooks has proven to us that he's patient on getting to those holes. It's not like he's just going to run into them like a concrete wall. He's going to wait to get his little sliver opening. That's the the most confusing thing of all to me is like, why did you start the third quarter the way that you did? And why did you start some of those drives the way that you did and throwing the ball so much? 740. <clears throat> Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio and look forward to hearing from you today continuously on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll have another secret word today at 845. You're going to like this one a lot better than you did at 645. And then 1045, 1245, 245, and 445 uh, today. The 10, 12, and 245 all on 100.7 the score and 445 this afternoon during Tech Talk with Aaron Dickens and Dr. Mike Gustafson. All right, this uh, this came out Friday after our show, I believe, and uh, actually Thursday, Thursday after our show, and uh, 
hadn't really had a chance to talk about it a whole lot, but the preseason basketball poll, um, the players portion of this came out, the preseason awards came out Thursday, and the the uh, poll came out on uh, on Friday. What was your what was your take on on that? I mean, I realize it's it's preseason poll and it's um, you know it's not uh, you know not a, just it just kind of is what it is. But what what was your what was your thought on where the Red Raiders were? I thought it was ranked? fair. Okay, I thought it was fair. I wasn't disappointed or angry mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so. I, I I thought I thought you know the eighth spot was was mm-hmm. legitimate with as many um, question marks as sure. um, uh, your program has right now with a new coaching staff and uh, also with um, with the, the situation that you have with so many new players I, I felt so like many that, unknowns yeah yes I, yeah. I thought it was completely fair yeah now I, I i don't disagree with you um was there a surprise did, did i don't know that i was surprised at houston being number two um maybe more surprised at texas being three but i mean they have an awful lot coming back and they seem to have their coaching situation settled now um obviously they had a great run last year and so they return a lot some of those guys not not everybody baylor four tcu five k-state six iowa state seven and then Texas Tech eighth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, there's no big surprises there to me. Okay. Uh, the new schools, uh, Cincinnati was 11th, uh, BYU 13th, and UCF 14th. So obviously, I mean, a lot to learn about them. I, you could say a lot to learn about you, like you just said, uh, just because of the of the guys that are coming in and, uh, you know, style of play and, uh, everything that that uh, you just just really don't know uh, what it's what it's going to be like. Maybe you can say, well, this is how his team, Coach McClaston's team, played at North Texas, and maybe that maybe you'll get to that. But maybe you'll have some different looks as well, you know, from what you've done in in the over the past few years. Yeah, I mean, I think it will be a different look. I think it will uh, absolutely be different, and. Um... You know, I, I do think you're having a, still having a defensive-minded coach, so I, I don't think it's going to suddenly completely change on on us. But I, I just think with so many new players and mixing them all together and a different staff, it, it's bound to look a lot different. Um, this may be unfair to ask you this question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Is there anybody that you're really looking forward to seeing, either A, the returners, or B, the newcomers? Um, no. not honest, Honestly, it's not an individual it's just to see what they look like together. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anybody for you? No, I, I'm I'm curious about Joe Toussaint, what he can do. Uh, he's the West Virginia guy that's coming in. Um, I'm, I think Pop Isaacs brings a lot of, you know, flair and um, excitement uh, to your team. I'm curious as to what uh, Drew Steffi uh, can do as a freshman. He's the six five. Freshman from Frisco, um, I'm I'm curious about uh, the seven footer, <laughs> Warren Washington. You yeah, know, can he? Well, can I mean, he do Washington anything? is the one guy that has some intrigue just because he's, I mean he's he's big and he's athletic. I say big, he's tall and he's athletic. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily thick, 
Um, but he's tall and athletic, and you see the videos from him from Arizona State, and he looked like a fun player who gets up and down the court and plays above the rim and all that good stuff. You know, what can Kerwin Walton bring for year two for him? Yeah, not not so much in year one, so I would guess my interest would be in other guys. Okay, yeah. okay. That's that's mm-hmm. that's fair. How about Lamar Washington? I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's 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 going to be a big guard for you, six four. Um, it it'll uh, it'll be here before we know it, uh, and they'll there'll be stuff that'll come out today because they're having uh, their uh, Big Twelve Media Days today in Kansas City for both the men and the women. Um, were you surprised or disappointed that you didn't have anybody on the All Big Twelve? team or the at least from an honorable mention standpoint I, who do you think was deserving you've gutted your team basically from last year with a new coach and a new system and a new everything I, what possibly would lead me to believe that one of the new guys would be on i thought those were just reserved for the new the newest latest kansas transfer oh i don't know about that let's see you've got uh you got two guys that are there, right yeah. on the on the all on and the all Big Twelve. Houston team. being picked second, I imagine yeah. they've got a couple. Uh, Houston has one, TCU has one, and Texas has one. Right, pretty much fills up the five there, doesn't <clears throat> yeah, it? Does. Yeah, it bet does. He, bet he's a transfer too, right? Uh, Max A. Yes. Ab- from Ab- Oral, yeah, yes, from Oral, hey, Roberts. Oral Roberts. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you didn't have anybody from an honorable mention. I mean, Baylor has one, two, th- three guys. Houston has uh, a guy. Of course, there's Kevin McCuller from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, K-State has a couple around? of guys. Huh. Yeah, he's still mm-hmm. around. And then three guys from uh from I wonder Texas. if he starts this year for Kansas. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. He probably wanted to get rid of him, Jeff. He probably will. That was funny, Jeff. That was, that was funny. Well, you know, I mean... I guess I was. Uh, I, I, if you would ask me one guy, I would have said Pop might have been on that list. Yeah, maybe so. You know, maybe so. That's that's where my you know. I, was, I guess I just look at it from the standpoint of I was just disappointed you didn't have anybody. I, you know, I thought we would have thought you would have had one. Um, and I, again, wasn't surprised at being eighth because I don't know who you would have been above. Um, yeah, it feels feels like they got it right. I don't yeah. feel like the I don't think Red Raider fans should be offended by that. Mm-mm. Um, I'm sure Coach McCaslin will use that to motivate his guys a little bit. Sure. Um, but I don't think it's like a, an extreme slap in the face. Yeah, I know. I know that the the women are going to use ten because basically what they say, what they're saying is, hey, last but the new. You're 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 last with the exception of the new, right? Right. No, all the new teams are below you, but you're picked last. And they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of new people coming in, and they've got some injuries, you know, starting the season that makes it difficult uh, when you don't have your point. Sure. Jazzy on Jackson, who's going to be out for the year with an Achilles. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. 